Christmas Traditions with John Street on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this time of year is so amazing. I love this time of year where we have moved into the fall and now we're celebrating Christmas. What a fun time of year. Uh, And last year I had the opportunity, uh, my wife and I, Summer, to share some of our Christmas traditions. And what a fun thing we get to do uh, to share some of these Christmas traditions. And and this year we have uh, the chairman of our board, Dr. John Street, who's joining me on the podcast to describe some of his Christmas traditions. John, uh, welcome. So thankful that you're here uh, to share with us some of these significant times in your own household. Thank you, Dale. It is an amazing time of the year. Now, as you think about Christmas traditions, were there any types of special events or things, you know, not just on Christmas Day, but even leading up to maybe the month of December or uh, post Thanksgiving that, that you guys tried to do consistently as a family? That's a really good question. I, as I look back upon our years in pastoral ministry, I pastored several years in Ohio and our kids were much younger at that particular time. Mm. Um, there were certain things that we would do with our local church um, there, and I, there were very fond memories. Mm. One of them was the fact that we would every year host the elders and their wives in our home for a really nice dinner. Mm. Uh, my wife and I would prepare everything and... It would uh, be uh, usually a four or five course dinner um, that would have some kind of specialty meat prepared like prime rib Mm. and so on. And then our children, they were just old enough to be able to serve at tables. We got to train them Um, how to serve the elders and what side to approach a person from, how to refill glasses. Mm -hmm. And the elders and their wives in our church loved that particular (laughs) tradition. They, they look forward to it every year and it was great. I spent the entire time for about two days with my wife in the kitchen, which helped me learn how to love her more um, and all that she goes through there. And then the kids were the ones who really had the interaction with the the elders and their wives and so on, because we wanted our children to know that Christmas was about really acting Christ-like and serving others. And they did that. Um, so it was really a, quite a, a joyful time. Then later on, we moved to teach at the master's university and seminary mm. and out to California. And I think one of the strangest things around Christmas time was seeing a palm tree decorated with Christmas <laughs> yeah. lights. Yeah. I had never seen that before. And that was very strange. It was very hard for me to get used to. I was used to pine trees being decorated with Christmas lights, but not palm trees. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a very unique thing. But after we got out there, our fellowship group that was part of Grace Community Church um, would take time during um, early in the Christmas season and go and do caroling Mm -hmm. to shut in people Mm -hmm. 
in our uh, that were part of our church. Now we have a rather large church, a church of over eight thousand people, and so we have a lot of shut-ins, and so we have about um, eight major home Bible study groups. It's just a part of our fellowship group. And they all had certain people in their areas where they met, where they would go and uh, carol, and they would take gifts to those shut-ins and so on. And that is also just a wonderful tradition that Mm -hmm. came about. That was after we moved uh, out to California. And it's a tradition that still continues to this time. Man, that's so great just for your kids to learn how to serve and how to serve well. And uh, that that be a focus during this time of year, which which oftentimes in the culture in which you and I live in uh, becomes very materialistic. That's a great focus. What what about um, things that you, you did with your children and, and maybe even now um, you do with your grandchildren, some of the traditions that you, you focused on with them? Yeah, we would always especially on Christmas Day, read the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. And when our kids were much younger, uh, we obviously would try to make it very interesting for them. Um, this is before any gifts were opened or anything like that. Um, and we would act out the story. Mm. And I don't know why it is, but dad always became the donkey (laughs) in the Christmas story. And the kids would always get on my back and ride the donkey. And uh, mom was always uh, Mary and uh, Mm -hmm. probably one of our sons acted as Joseph. Mm -hmm. And then I would carry the rest of them on my back. Mm -hmm. So um, we would act out the Christmas story and then we would talk about it. One of the things that I love doing, and this is one of the ways where I really attempted to bring the gospel in, especially for our kids when they were younger, was talking about why Bethlehem was so significant. Mm. Why did the Savior have to be born in Bethlehem? Mm. And I described for them how of all the sacrifices in the temple at that particular time, all of the major lambs that were sacrificed were raised right outside of Bethlehem. That was a special area that was designated by the priests where sheep were raised for the purpose of temple sacrifice. Why did Mary and Joseph have to go to Bethlehem? All of this is part of the divine plan of God. What's because the ultimate Lamb of God, the Savior, Uh, Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, would be the one taken from Bethlehem and eventually sacrificed there on the cross. And I think all of my kids still remember that. It's something that we still emphasize today with our grandkids uh, when we have an opportunity to see them. Right now, our grandkids kind of live all over the planet uh, out in ministries in certain areas. But when we have the opportunity to have them around Christmas, we love sharing that kind of a story with them. And that's such a great story and, and a, a great way to, to utilize this time of year to describe the beauty of Christmas. So that's one of the things you would do on Christmas morning. But, but what if we were to, to walk into the street household on a Christmas morning, what might unfold and what might we see? Well, you'd probably see a fire in the fireplace. Yeah. And yes, we do have fireplaces in California. Yeah, I was going to say, even in California, (laughs) that's great. We do. 
There'd be a fire in the fireplace. It's a gas fireplace, but nevertheless, there would be a fire there. We would all be sitting around, and uh, we would all have our Bibles open, and we'd be reading the Christmas story, and I would be assigning to everybody in the room a certain portion to be read, and we'd just go around the room. We'd read that particular Christmas story, and then we'd have a time of prayer. And usually that time of prayer was dedicated to... um, people that we knew that were a part of our church that were really going through difficult times or suffering. And we would especially focus on people who had lost loved ones, family members. Maybe they were young uh, boys or girls, or maybe they were spouses or to some tragic accident during the year or something like that. And we would go around and just pray for those particular people because This is probably their first Christmas without that loved one. And the fact that they are so hurting um, that we would pray for them. Mm. We just center in center in on people who are who are hurting in our congregation. Mm -hmm. We thought that they were hurting. Yeah, that's important because this time of year for for many of us is a joyous time, but for uh, for many others, it's a very difficult time. And so for us to be mindful, to think about uh, the loss that people may be experiencing during this time of year, which typically had been special, and now it becomes a difficult uh, situation. What a great way to, to spend your Christmas morning to think about those who are who are hurting and who are in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. So so one final question that, that we want to explore, just to hear a little bit more about how you and Miss Janie uh, work through Christmas traditions is describe some of the ways that you have four children uh, that you taught them about the importance of the incarnation, Jesus coming to earth and the beauty of Jesus coming to earth and the reason that we celebrate Christmas. Well, I think a lot of this goes back to the way in which they know that we work with them in all things uh, when they did something wrong and they were disciplined Mm. because... um, and I talk about this sometimes when I do parenting seminars, I talk about the fact that every discipline event becomes an opportunity for the gospel mm. because we wanted our kids to understand what God expected of them. And God expects them to be perfect. So if they were disciplined, we would frequently ask them, what does God expect of you? And there's only one answer to that question. Mm. God expects me to be perfect. Mm. And the strange thing about that is the younger a child is, the more that child believes that they can actually do that. Mm. They can be perfect. And so they'll stiffen up and say, okay, I'll do better the next time Mm. type of thing. But then the next time comes and then they fail. And then they, you say, what is it that God expects of you? God expects you to be perfect. Well, eventually that kid's going to turn around and say to you, but I can't be perfect. Mm. And at that particular point, then The doors swing wide open for the gospel. Mm. That's right. That's why you need Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We actually, my wife and I worked on the assumption that every kid assumes they really don't need Christ. Mm. They'll add Christ to their life, but they don't really need Christ Mm -hmm. until they're demonstrated that they need Christ, Mm -hmm. until they experience that personally Mm -hmm. in their life. And when they realize how they constantly fall short of God's absolute standard of righteousness and holiness, 
until they understand there's nothing that they can ever do in order to be right with God. At that particular point, and this is what happened to me when I was seven years old, I remember the first time it dawned on me, I'm never going to be able to do anything that will ultimately please God. Mm -hmm. That's why I need Christ. And that's that's what I want them to know. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about the incarnation, the necessary part of the second member of the Trinity, that is the Lord Jesus Christ coming to the earth in Philippians chapter 2, becoming like Mm -hmm. men, uh, like you and I, and even a servant among men, Mm -hmm. we're talking about the fact that this is God's way of demonstrating the fact that he gave his beloved son as an atoning sacrifice for sin so that we could know eternal life, so that we could know and love him as Savior. Mm -hmm. And that engenders within the Christian's heart a natural worship towards him um, when that heart has been redeemed. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's such a great picture. And, And John, this has been so fun for me to, to hear uh, the way that you and Miss Janie have, have tried to be faithful, uh, even in your Christmas traditions. And, and thank you so much for allowing us just kind of some insight in how the Lord has used you over the years to build traditions that uh, your kids still faithfully pursue today. What a great time of year. I pray that you're able to celebrate well as we celebrate this beautiful season of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. We just want to say to all of you out there who have faithfully listened and been a part of the ministry of ACBC, whether you're one of our certified counselors, maybe you're engaged at a training center uh, somewhere, maybe you attended one of our conferences and you're listening now to our podcast Thank you so much. We want to wish you all who are listening from all of us at ACBC, our staff, our board, our training centers, we want to say to you a Merry Christmas. If you want more information about ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone.